your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And on today's show, we will discuss the Tim Peel stuff going on. We kind of have to. I I know we do a a show specific to a team, but, uh, you know, the whole thing going on with Tim Peel and his not necessarily firing but no longer being able to officiate games has to be talked about. So we'll talk about that. We'll get into the Arizona game, this the series, and is that they just finished up, <coughs> excuse me, a couple of days ago. Um, game two, lost in overtime in a shootout, their first shootout of the year. I think everybody is focusing in on Jonas Johansson and his performance. So we'll talk about that, and then we will look forward to – the big series that is starts tonight. So uh, against Vegas. So we'll get to all that stuff. But first things first, follow the show and social media outlets on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche and send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions to Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. All right. So like we said, the, the whole Tim Peel situation, I'm sure almost everybody has heard about it by now. If you haven't, quick recap. There was a hot mic and he was heard saying the quiet part out loud, which is he wanted to give a penalty to the Nashville Predators Predators earlier. So it was almost like he was making up for a missed call uh, and wanting to now give now not to penalize the Nashville Predators. People have been saying for it's one of those like unwritten rules or, you know, in baseball, baseball has a book full of unwritten rules. And I think every sport does really. Um, And a lot of people are saying that, you know, this is the unwritten rule in in hockey. If a play is missed or it's a bad call, there is a makeup call at some point in the game. Now, you hope that that call is not a penalty. Because that can really turn the tide. A penalty can really turn the tide. Maybe you give them a an offsides call when it's you know it's uh, close uh, or something like that. Uh, but sometimes it can be a penalty. Absolutely, if if you missed a penalty somewhere else, and you, maybe you give a gift a penalty on the other side. Uh, but he he said it on a microphone where everybody could hear him, and I guess he was set to retire next month anyway. So I think because of that, the NHL basically said, you're going into early retirement. You're you're done now. Some people think that's harsh. Um, t- to me, it, it's one of those things where people, they're really taking this and running with it. If it's anything to do with officials, uh, fans will not hesitate to jump on an official. They do it during games anyway. So the second that they have some hard evidence to really come down on, a, on an official, they will take it and run with it. So was he, you know, was he intentionally trying to fix an entire game? I'm not going to go that far. I don't think it, a lot of people are saying like, oh, the fix is in and this is a problem with sports and this is a problem with hockey and officials have too much power. Officials do have too much power. It's just the nature of the game. They, they, they hold the game in their hand. 
it, that's just a fact. Uh, what they do with that, if they want to abuse it or not, uh, really should be monitored by leagues. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he, I wasn't getting the impression that he was trying to fix an entire game. I think he was doing a makeup call. I think that's all it was. Um, and people, but, but there's some people who want to, to really kind of hone in on this and say like, this is a, a, a huge problem. I'm not going to go that far and to say this is a, a, like an, an, an epidemic or anything like that. The, the, but this is the stuff that, that happens that we, we don't want to believe that this stuff happens. We want to believe that games are on the level that they're up to, uh, on, on up to par, you know, that n- nobody's really has a stake in the, in the game or anything like that. Maybe financially, we don't, we don't want to believe that stuff, but, um, it happens. It happens in sports. Is it rampant? I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't want to be the guy sitting here that say it because then, then why do we root? Why do we root for games? If we, if we genuinely feel like going into a game, it's fixed. So maybe it's naive on my part, but I, I just don't want to believe that the refs have a hand in every single game. I don't like railing on the refs night in, night out. I hate that. It just gets boring. It's like me. I'm the type of guy that's like, you know, uh, if a ref makes a bad call or something like that, live with it. Bad calls are going to happen. Bad calls are are are, are always going to happen. People say like, you know, that this is a, People are saying like this is part of the game. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be part of the game. Bad calls are a part of the game. And I'm okay with that. I mean, because sometimes it goes our way. Sometimes it doesn't go our way. But the human element is a part of sports. You cannot deny that. But I don't I don't want to sit here and say and go into every single game and say, you know, the the refs are going to screw this game up. I'm a big proponent of the players decide the game. Are there instances where the refs feel like they need to be the ones to decide the game? Sure, there are. But, uh, you know, I've I've watched a lot of sports, and you're never going to convince a coach, very rarely, to blame a referee for a loss. More often than not, they will say, we lost that game. The call at the end didn't lose the game. We need, you know, we needed to play better. Or if we had executed this play better, we would have won. Um, and I, I, I believe that. I, I don't want to just sit here and blame refs. Do refs make bad calls? Of course they do. Of course they do. And was this, was this, was is this a bad look? This is a horrible look. This is a really bad look for the NHL. But. You know, the the NBA dealt with this on a much bigger level with I can't remember that referee's name. You know, there was money to be made in the NBA. Um, is, again, is it rampant? I just don't want to believe that it is. Um, I recognize that it exists, uh, but I don't want to believe it happens during every single game that's played. I just don't want to be that guy. But did I mean this? Was this a makeup call? It absolutely seemed that way. Would it have stopped right there? It did. It stop right there. I mean, he finished playing the game or uh, refing the game, obviously. So we know. If, was there any other questionable calls being made in that game? I don't know. I didn't watch the game from start to finish, but it could have ended right there. But that was enough for the NHL. That was enough for the NHL to say like we don't want it to happen once. 
We know it's an unwritten rule, but like I said in the beginning, he said the quiet part out loud. The NHL doesn't want to hear that, and you're gone. You're gone. Will it happen again? I mean, the hot mic part, I don't know. You can never really predict that, but will make-up calls happen? Yeah. Yeah, and you just hope it... You just hope a makeup call doesn't decide the outcome of the game. I'll say that you because refs are going to do that. They're going to, to miss a call somewhere and they are going to make up for it at some point in the game. And you just hope it's something like an offsides <laughs> because if it's a penalty and the tide turns on that penalty and, you know, a team getting a power play or something like that, then, then yeah, that's a problem. This is, this is not, like I said, this is not part of the game. It shouldn't be part of the game. I don't believe it should be part of the game. Uh, but does it exist? Yeah. I think you have to admit that it it exists. And should he have been, in a sense, fired? I think that is a good debate to have. Because I, you really could go either way on that. Um, if you're a, a Nashville fan, you probably want him fired. Uh, if you're just, you know, on the outside looking in, you can make a case either way. This isn't going to stop it. And I think that's the, the, the part where, you know, people on social media are kind of going crazy with it. Like I said, taking it running with it, thinking like, you know, oh, we, we caught the guy. No, like this is it's probably going on as we speak in another game. Or maybe, maybe refs are a little bit scared that it, that it could happen to them. So they're not going to do it for a week or two, uh, but it'll happen again. And like I said, you just hope it's not something that's, uh, decides the outcome of a game. You never want the refs to be that much part of the game where they decide it. Um, they're there to make sure the rules are followed, call infractions when they happen, and that's it. But when they take games in their hand, which is why I just struggle to watch the NBA, uh, that that's a problem. Overall, do I think refs in hockey do that? No, I don't think refs in, in hockey you know, really want to be the center of the game. Uh, there are times where you get those ticky tack calls. That's going to happen. Again, it's human nature. I'm okay with it because sometimes we get the calls and sometimes we don't. So the only other option is robots. And we're not going down that road of robot refs, at least not now. So all right, uh, let's hear from a couple sponsors and then get into the Arizona series. So uh, betonline.ag, fastest and easiest way to bet in all your sports action. Football, it might be over. The NBA is in full swing. Obviously, the NHL is in full swing. And March Madness is in full swing. So head on over to betonline.ag, place all your bets on all those sports and more, including award shows, television shows, reality TV shows, Real-time updated odds and prop bets on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, and once again, that promo code, I forgot to mention that, to get your 50% welcome bonus. It is locked on, of course. So, uh, Also, Built Bar. And we have been talking about Built Bar for quite a while. I love this stuff. If you guys have ordered it, I've heard from some people that say they have ordered it and say that it tastes delicious. And it is. It is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Uh, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great taste, 
uh, covered in 100% chocolate. And right now, just mentioned on Bet Online about the NCAA March Madness, Built Bar's doing their own bracket. And it is the bracket of all of their flavors going head to head. It's one flavor reigning supreme. And they're down, down to the what they are calling not the Elite Eight, but the Enticing Eight. We have Sweetest 16. And we are down to the Enticing Eight. And they are cookies and cream against coconut almond cookie dough chunk against birthday cake mint brownie against coconut puff and caramel brownie against my favorite coconut brownie chunk so those are your uh enticing eight head on over to builtbar.com and vote on your favorite flavor and the matchup of the day and then load up your cart and enter the promo code locked 15 that's locked one five to get 15 percent off of your next order and then head back over to Built Bar to check to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar of all time. All right. Uh, because of those games were a little bit on the late side against Arizona, I was kind of like I'm like a day behind in talking about them. So game two ended the Avalanche winning streak, but they did get a point out of the deal. Uh, went to overtime. Nothing happened in overtime, went to their first shootout of the season and lost the shootout three to one. And uh, not how, you know, you want a, a fighting chance and the Avalanche had it. They had many opportunities, especially in overtime where they they had a four on three power play and could not pull through. Um, obviously, this is the first game Jonas Johansson has been between the pipes for the abs. Uh, and people will look at the score um, and kind of, you know, which was a, a five to four score. And people will say, that's no good. But when you kind of look at at least the first, the definitely the second goal, the, the first goal, you, you kind of, I mean, it was uh, Jacob Chitrin who who had the first goal and he had a, a wide open look. So defensively, it was a breakdown. Uh, but should Johansson maybe have stopped that because it was just, I mean, it was just him and, and Chitrin's. There was really nobody in between them. So it was just a good shot. It was a good shot and it was a defensive breakdown. The second one was absolutely a defensive breakdown. That was not Johansson's fault. So you can give him at least one, maybe two, we'll call it one and a half. Uh, but after, and that's just, and I said it in yesterday's show, that's not, how you want to start the game. I recorded that episode before the game even started. And I said, the worst thing for him is to give up a couple goals early on. That's exactly what he did. And you're thinking like, Oh boy, but he settled down. He, he, he played relatively well. Um, if you eliminate those, maybe first two goals, um, that weren't necessarily his fault. I thought he played an okay game. The, uh, the shootout terrible. Just, you know, didn't look the best in the shootout. Um, and it showed he gave up all three goals to uh, Coyotes. But the Avalanche had had this game in hand. They, they had it. They were up four to two going in or actually in the third. Um, McKinnon scored one in the second and then Nachuskin scored it to put him up four to two. Uh, and 
you know, come here come the the coyotes, which you you were feeling really good when it was four to two, because you know that the the coyotes are not made of offense; they're made of defense. So, but you know, when when you have to turn it on, you have to turn it on, and they they have they have some goal scorers on there where they can rely on them, and they did. So you have to give some credit to Arizona. Um, I'm not saying the Avalanche got lax or anything. I don't think they did. They just gave up the lead. It, it, that, the stuff like that's going to happen. Now, if, if uh, you know, Grubauer was in there, most likely would not have happened the way that he's been playing. Um, but I think they will give, uh, definitely give Johansson a, a couple more shots at it, uh, see what happens. Now, they, they purposely, you know, I don't think they were going to play Grubauer no matter what. I think if if Johansson gave up 10 goals, he would have stayed in for all 10 uh, because they want him rested for what's to come, which we'll get in, into the next segment. So I think that was a day off barring injury to Johansson. Uh, he was playing that entire game. Uh, so and he, like I said, play, played an OK game. Could he have played better? Absolutely but played an okay game and you have to take into it. I am absolutely not making excuses for him. First game, you know, in, in a new city with new teammates, that's a lot. It, it is a lot. He doesn't have time to to settle down or come down from that high he's on. Uh, but sometimes that makes guys play good for him. Maybe there's some nerves involved. I don't know, but I'm not giving him a pass. Uh, you know, he, he does need to, he needs to be if he wants to stay with his team and not have them make another deal to get another gold goaltender. Um, he's going to need to stop a couple of those bucks and maybe stand on his head a little bit. Um, the other thing people are talking about is the the high stick to Nathan McKinnon, the double minor that he got, which I believe again was was I think was it Jacob Chitrin who who tripped him. I believe it was him. Um, it was a clear as day trip, a dangerous trip. Uh, it was almost knee on knee. McKinnon w- tripped over his leg, uh, and in doing so, his stick went flying, nailed him right in the mouth. A lot of blood on the ice, and McKinnon kind of uh, his his weight and his momentum was going one direction, and he kind of just let the ice take him, and he was down for a few seconds. If you were watching it live, everybody was holding their breath. Uh, but he got once he got up, he got right back into the action. Uh, now, Chitrin, who I'm, I'm assuming it was him, I'm just going to go with it, that, that it was him. If I'm wrong on that, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Um, people were kind of up in arms because they didn't feel like McKinnon deserved the penalty because he was tripped. Um, it's not how it works. Like, yes, there should have been a tripping call. Absolutely. But because he was tripped does not excuse the high stick. Um, it was either going to be uh, just McKinnon was called, which is what happened, or both. Uh, there was no scenario there where, where Nathan McKinnon was not going to be called for a high stick. You have to be in control of your stick all the time, even if you are getting tripped. Uh, the only time you're not responsible for it is during a shot. If you take a slap shot and it comes up and hits a guy in the face, that's not that guy got in the way of your shot um, or a pass. But if you're just kind of skating around like McKinnon was and his legs get taken out, 
I know it's crazy, but he's still responsible for where his hockey stick goes. So, uh, but they killed it. They killed both penalties. So, which is okay. But that's four minutes that you don't have Nathan McKinnon on the ice also. Um, overall, you know, you got you got three out of four points uh, while your um, win streak came to an end. You were in position to keep it going. And you got you saw a little bit out of Johansson, and I think he's you know earned another shot at it. But it it ain't going to be this weekend, I can tell you that. So, um, just looking back at the stats here, uh, McKinnon, you know, good day for him with a goal and two assists, and Kale McCarr with a an assist, but a minus three on the day for Kale McCarr. Surprisingly enough, uh, Devon Taves. Led them. No, I'm lying. I was going to say led them in shots on goal with seven, but it was actually, guess who? Nathan McKinnon with eight. So, you know, it, fine game. Got a point. Wish you would have got two. You're a, clearly a better team, but uh, games like that are going to happen. So it's all setting up for what's going on this weekend. And before we get to that, we're going to hear from rockauto.com. It is the family business serving parts. Uh, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same as prof- same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is rockauto.com. All right. And finally, yeah, starting tonight and uh, day off on Friday and then game two on Saturday. Big two-game series against Vegas. Um, you haven't played them in a while. Where's, where's our schedule here? Um, I know it was back in February, right? Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, middle of February, uh, you played a three, four game series. That was your four game series against them. That's right. And I think it was split down the middle. Vegas won the first one, won nothing, and then Colorado won three to two, and then another three to two, and then Vegas shut them out three to nothing. Yeah, that was the um, Lake Placid series. So that was the last time we saw them. Um, Lake Placid. Wow. No, Lake Tahoe. I'm sorry. Uh, Team USA on the mind. So. Um, Obviously, this is who you're chasing right now, and you would have loved to got gotten those two points in Arizona because right now you're two points behind them. So if you got both of those points, obviously you'd be one point, and if you win this game tonight, you're in first place at least for 24 hours until you play them again on Saturday. But you can you can have that card of like we – have gone from sixth. The Avalanche were in sixth place at one time. Granted, they were uh, a point out 
of bumping up to like third, but technically they were in sixth place at one point in time, very early on. And you have climbed the ladder. Um, and it would have just been nice to have that, you know, a, a one point discrepancy between the two teams because now it, it goes back and forth. Uh, big games. These are obviously uh, big games. And, and when the Avalanche need to step up, and this is recently, uh, the last time they had two big games was a week ago against Minnesota when you were a, a point down from them and you absolutely played your two best games without question during this season. And you five to one and then six to nothing against Minnesota. And that's what teams do. You show up in those big moments uh, and you, you don't just show up at the end. You play a full 60 minutes and that's what the avalanche did. And that's what they have to do this weekend. So uh, Vegas is two points up on you. So clearly you want to win both of them. You win both of them. You are now two points in first place. And I think a lot of people, I'm not saying a lot of people were turning the page on the avalanche. And I think a lot of people assume that they would come back and start playing a lot better. Um, and of clearly they are right now. But um, some people were thinking like, well, you know, I think the avalanche should get back into it, but maybe they aren't as good as we thought they were. Maybe they aren't the favorites good. Maybe they're still a good team and a you know top five team, top six team, definitely a top 10 team. Uh, but a lot of people thought they would just run away with this season. And, you know, it, it started out a little bit slow, but they've come back. And I think these next two games are a really good test for them. They're healthy, save for Bowen Byram. I don't know if he's going to be playing. I haven't really got word on him. Uh, but for the most part, they are a healthy team. So, uh, and, and you've played Vegas well. You split that four game series. You played very well in uh, Lake Tahoe. Although that, you know, considering the circumstances, you played very well in that game. Um, and then that's the sign of a good team on the other end too, because you really play, even though you lost that first game against them one to nothing, you played a great game and things just weren't going in. And then the next two games, you really dominated them but they figured it out and they took it to you in game four. So this is going to be exciting to see where game one goes and then who makes the adjustments for game two on Saturday. I can't wait for this series. This is going to be good. Um, and I think this is going to be, and that's the other part of it. You got up on Minnesota. They're right behind you now. Now they're, they're two points behind you. So there's a lot on the line, not only for first place, uh, but the team behind you in third place. So, get to it. And if you can take both of these games, let's just say the avalanche do that. And of course we're rooting them for them to do that. Uh, you are going to turn heads. You're already turning heads with how you've been playing lately. And people are slowly starting to say like, uh Oh, these, this is the avalanche we knew, uh, could play. Uh, but they haven't played Vegas yet. Now we are. And let's see what happens. Going to be really, really fun. I will be hosting a live show after tomorrow's game. If you have an iOS device, download the locker room app. And minutes after the game is over, if you follow me, download the app, follow Locked on Avalanche. And whenever the room goes live, you get a notification. Or if you follow me on Twitter, that will get pushed out to Twitter as well. You can come in. We'll talk about the game. There'll be a uh, chat with other Avs fans there. You can talk with them. 
if you want to come on, you'll be, I'll be recording the show live. If you want to jump on the air seamlessly, there's just a button that you can hit. I can get you on the air. You can ask questions or just get whatever you want off your chest. So that will be tomorrow after the game is over. Make sure you download the locker room app. Uh, we did it last week and it was a, a great time. So we'll do it again tomorrow after a big, big game. So I'm sure there's going to be people who have a lot to say. So that will be it for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in today and each and every day. It is always appreciated. Uh, let's let's get these two points. Regulation time would be nice. So uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will see you tomorrow, like I said, on the Locker Room app if you have an Apple device. So Go, Abs, go.